Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Miles, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I am so happy because the actor strike is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, like, there was a, I was uh, in the middle of a conversation with my husband last night, and the uh, the New York Times little banner thing like swiped across my iPad, and I gasped, and he was like, "You're not even paying attention to me," and I was like. But the strike just ended. Excuse me while I go post this everywhere. And he was like, fine. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I'm so happy for the actors who have been striking for almost 120 days now. And mm-hmm. this is like the longest actor strike in history, I believe. I'm so happy for them and proud that they held out. And I hope they got just I haven't read the details of the deal yet. I don't actually know that all the details of the deal are out. They're not um, right now. But I hope they got everything they asked for. And I can't wait to get back to more normal entertainment times. No, I'm not holding a lot of anger about all of the interviews I missed for the past like eight months with some of my, you know, favorite people who are doing projects I love. So um, get it together, Hollywood. Solidarity, though. Good job, guys. Yeah, I'm very excited for the actors. And I just really hope that this um, that this uh, this uh, is a prelude to uh, IATSE and Teamsters also getting everything they demand. Um, uh, IATSE goes into negotiations in March, I believe, and the Teamsters follow after that. And I really, I, I hope that when the time comes for their pieces of the pie, that the actors and the writers and the directors do not forget them because they're the invisible people. LOL, the directors forgot everybody else. How embarrassed do they have to feel right now? Yes, I know. Um, I got to tell you, though, I am so excited for the 29 days of promo that David Tennant can now do for the Doctor Who 60th. Bring it on. <sighs> It's true. Um, and oh, yeah, Good Omen season three announcement that has literally been sitting there waiting to drop for like. I know. Where is it? <laughs> Come on, guys. I was literally expecting to like wake up to that and I haven't yet. And um, don't worry. There is an entire fandom like was sitting there with bated breath. I mean, I'm ready to send some hate mail if I have to. But I do know that Neil is writing it. And he, he said <laughs> that he was going to write it whether or not they made it. And he's so. At least we'll find out what happens, I guess. But where is my renewal, Amazon? Come on. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what are we talking about today other than the joy of the strike being over? I know. Let the joyous news be spread. Um, we are talking about... Uh, we don't actually get the chance to talk about Apple TV a lot on this show. Uh, but their very first big costume drama is is now upon us. And it is a remake of Edith Wharton's The Buccaneers. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, h- how do you feel about this? Let's start with you. I really liked it, and I feel like judging from some of the conversation I've seen online from my like critics, friends, and stuff, like I think I liked it more than most people, which is a little weird. It's not a position that I normally <laughs> find myself in, but I really liked it. I think it's very. Um, I think it's very. I think it does what it sets out to do i don't know if i think it's a particularly like letter of the law edith wharton adaptation 
but I think it is, I think it has a really great like spirit to it. There's sort of a joyous brashness that I really enjoy about it. And I think, I think it's very much a show that is um, consciously youthful and it's consciously like youthful aimed towards like trying to get younger people to watch this genre. And I mean, there's like Taylor Swift tracks in this show, guys. And <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um. I, I, first of all, I want to point out that our reviewer, um, Marnie, absolutely hated this show. Um, I wrote my review for Paste Magazine. If you want to read my thoughts, yeah. Um. Uh, and and I knew that she hated it from the beginning because uh, she basically told me that like she's like I keep stopping and like googling because every time I run into something that's anachronistic, I have to stop and like find out like when did that actually start because I know that's not true. Um. And it was everything she, from like she when... watched like a period drama recently. <laughs> well, no, but like it's, it's stuff like like um when did uh, when did uh when did sleeveless dresses when did sleeveless dresses start. Oh, see, this is because I don't, this is a sidebar, not about this show, but I unapologetically adore the CW drama Rain. Ah, yes, okay. Um, <laughs> which is literally like they're wandering around French court in like prom dresses and headbands <laughs> and it does not bother me. I loved it. Yeah. You um, love a headband. No, that's the kind of thing, like, like I'm not even talking like, yes, like some of the stuff, like when did women sh- start shaving under their arms? Yeah, 1915, all that kind of stuff. When did women start shaving their legs? But like, no, things like actual like costume things, like when did, when did, when did, when did sleeveless dresses start? When did, you know, those kinds of things are the sort of things that actually like she stopped to like figure out. And I was like, you know i i so i knew I'm just like once you like rain you can't say anything after that so i was fine with it i didn't even really notice thanks rain <laughs> what really got me about this show and and i think that um my i think i definitely felt closer to marnie than you in this in in how i felt about this show is either you love nan or you don't um i actually don't particularly like nan that much because well, the thing is, is that I I dis- don't particularly like Dan that much, but I don't know that I'm supposed to. This is a story about teenagers. And one of the things I really like about this show is that it does not ask its teen characters to act like adults. Mm-hmm. That like, is true. Um, I actually think Nan is really annoying a lot of the time, but I think she's really annoying in like a in a way that rings true to me of of how of how young women really are mm. and how they you know i think it's a i think it's a lot to ask of literally a teenager in this situation to be like incredibly mature well no that is correct i absolutely i do absolutely agree that that nan's immaturity is not the problem the problem is is that she is basically treated like a manic pixie dream girl and I did not like that. And I felt that that was, I, I, I disliked that intensely. And that really, that really sort of detracted for me from the show. I also, um, I know I'm supposed to hate Ginny. Um, and that bothered me because I, I felt. I think you are. Uh, all right. Okay. I felt like the show was trying to set me up to hate Ginny. Which bothered me um, a lot because I don't I... actually think you are because one of the things that I really love about the show is I mm-hmm. think a lot of people come into shows like this and it's very like um, I know this show is getting compared a lot to Bridgerton, which I don't think is fair. Mm-hmm. They're very different. They are very different. Um, that is also true. 
But I do think Bridgerton is very like romance forward and it's very clear like that's why you watch this show Mm -hmm. i don't think the romance is that important i actually think the romance is the least important part of the show no this is a show about friendship yeah this is a show about friendship about female relationships about who women are expected to be in society i actually really love that you get to see that across like multiple age ranges of characters and how they interact with each other and i actually think the most important relationship in the show is nan and jenny and I don't think you're supposed to hate Ginny. I think you're supposed to. Ginny is what happens when women, young women, are told repeatedly that their only value is in who they marry. And I think Ginny is carrying a lot of expectations that are probably unfair to her. And I don't know. I think her and Nan have a really interesting relationship. I think theirs is the best relationship on the show. Like, I don't think. She behaves in any way that is particular. I mean, I think it's sort of unfortunate because in these first three episodes, um, and I'm sorry, I'm going to put a mild spoiler warning here because once again, second pod in a row, guys, like I've seen all of this. So I'm trying to figure out how to talk about it in a way that doesn't spoil past the first three episodes, which are all that are available mm-hmm. as we are recording this. Um, I think especially in these initial episodes, Ginny... Uh, the show does a little bit of a disservice to Ginny because she is not as loud as some of her friends mm, and not that as is true. forceful as some of her friends. Like, it's hard to... Like, when you're around Nan and Conchita, it's hard to it's hard to sort of assert yourself, I think. Yes, and I, I will say that both, both Lizzie and Ginny suffer from that in the early going. I absolutely agree to that. I also... Um, this I is a, tremendous sympathy for Ginny, honestly. Um, I'm I'm going to struggle to talk about this a bit. Um, James, the uh, the the scenes with James and Lizzie were extremely difficult for me to watch. Um, I don't talk about my first marriage very much um because it was terrible and though i never quite had anything quit like because that's not really how that stuff happens in real life but that was extremely upsetting and the entire way that that became like and then Ginny gets engaged to him yeah, um, you have to realize that Ginny doesn't know that. Yes, I know. And that, that the fact that Lizzie lets her get engaged to him and knowing that he is an abusive piece of excrement. Well, and I think you also have to I think you also have to think about the fact that in this time period, like it's not like that was wrong. No, no I, I mean it is wrong always, but like it's not like no man would have been condemned for that. Right. Do you know what I mean? I think the show has a very modern sensibility when it comes to these issues that is perhaps not period accurate, but... I had a real... Okay, that's... Okay, there we go. I think that's the thing I am trying to express. That this show has a real issue with trying to take its modern sensibilities about what it thinks and about what its audience thinks of these things as opposed to what that what the period thinks about these things and make them meet and this is also true no this is also true one of the things okay because i watched this back to back with the gilded age and 
you know, with the Gilded Age, we have Cynthia Nixon, who has truly and utterly embodied the idea and truly internalized it that her life ended at 21 because she did not get married. And even though Ginny very much has that, that very, Nan does not. And in a way, neither does Lizzie or Conchita. And it really bothered me. That they, she doesn't have to. She literally marries a lord in the first scene. Right, right, right. But you never get the sense that had she not married him, she marries him for love. And you never get the sense that it, had they not married, that her life would have been over. And there's a sense almost where she can sort of toss him away and it wouldn't be the end of her life. And that really bugged me that this, that even, okay, for all that Bridgerton has so many modern sensibilities and so much, um, you know, race conscious stuff and all the other things that like that that people like talk about and and and, and see it as very modernly sensed. You know, one of the things about uh, uh, Phoebe Phoebe Duffner, how do you pronounce her last name? Um, uh, 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 Daphne's character really and truly internalizes and plays that she must get married. It is truly and utterly imperative. She really, truly embodies that. She really and truly believes that. And she she makes you believe that it's the most important thing in the world to her to marry well because her family is dependent on it. And Bridgerton really and truly gets that point across. And I felt the fact that the Buccaneers did not get that across was 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 problematic for me. Mm. I'm going to argue against that. And, and I felt... And you know why? Mm. I'm going to argue against that. And you know why? Because they're American. The show is very much about like American versus British sensibilities. It's very culture But it's classy. just as true for Americans at the time period. They're rich. They're rich. They don't... Like, if they don't get married, they'll still be rich. They don't have the same, like, we have to get married because, like... But they Our do. Our ancestral pile is dying. Like, I think the show. But they do. Okay, number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. I cannot get on board with saying that Bridgerton handles anything well in a universe where it can't tell me if the Raj existed. <laughs> Two. Okay, but that, um, that, okay, okay. Season one really did handle that well, though. Daphne really did. It's pro- it's one of the reasons why one I doesn't felt- bother to tell me how they've become like race blind in a generation. <sighs> Yes, there are problems with Bridgerton. I'm not going to argue that part with you. But I will say that one of the reasons why season one worked and one of the reasons why we were able to overlook those issues in season one is because Daphne really did. And that character really was such the heart of the show. And the reason that first season worked so well is because we really and truly believed that her that 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 if she got put on the shelf, it was the end of her life. That there was nothing left for her if she didn't get married. I don't. This I just don't. I just, I a don't agree with that in terms of this show. I think that the I think that what it is trying to do with its sort of modernist vibes is I think it's trying to tell a story about how um young women are, are how the experiences of young women are universal and it doesn't matter what period that story takes place in they these young women okay. have the same like i do agree that that is what the show is trying to do i think it does it quite well i just don't agree that it squares the circle okay i think that's where we're i think that's where we disagree the point of the show isn't about them getting married okay i think and that's, to be honest they're rich as <laughs> <shit>. like <laughs> 
Okay, I think that's where we disagree here, because I do agree with you that the point of the show and what the show wants to communicate is that the the experiences of women and the experiences of women's friendship and the experiences of women having a group of four at, in the same way that Sex and the City had a group of four, in the same that girls had a group of four, et cetera, et cetera, is a universal one. And it doesn't matter what time period, it doesn't matter what dresses they're wearing, it doesn't matter what kind of life they're supposed to have, that that happens over and over and over again. And that that's universal. And I do agree with you that that is what the show is trying to do. I just don't feel that it accomplished it. And in fact, I feel that its modernizations get in its own way. I am going to disagree with that again, because okay. I think one of the things that the show does really well outside of outside of the whole like youthful exuberance vibes, like let's have our universal stories of like of of girls and sisterhood and stuff. I think it's really I think part of the reason it doesn't lean into those those tropes of what it's supposed to be is that this is also a show about how these Americans came in and Americaned all over everything. <laughs> like, it's very... Um, I mean, it's not subtle. No, it is definitely not subtle. All the, Amer- all the Americans are, are loud and boisterous. Their whole identity is about shaking things up and doing things like, you know, not in the way they're supposed to be done and illustrating that there is another path and then what the I look at um what is what is uh Honoria Honoria mm-hmm. like I Honoria. look at her and the way that she kind of learns from watching the girls in the sense that like you know women are allowed to um to want some degree of self-determination in their lives they're allowed to be loud and and ridiculous and take up space in a way that they are not you know that that she is not raised to believe that she is supposed to want let alone have Mm, i will i i i do see that but the thing is that i don't a i don't believe that women are taught in this time period that they're allowed to take up space whether or not they're british or american so that's my first issue um, and, 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 and whether or not you agree with me doesn't, it, it, that, I think this is part of where we are disagreeing, is that Let you- s- look at their moms. Okay. Actually, and this is, the thing I wanted more of was their moms. I think this show actually does a really good job of showing that different, that your life isn't over at 21, whether you get married or not. Like, mm-hmm. there is an interesting, like, hierarchy of women of different ages- that are allowed to have wants and stories. And I mean, even if they suck, like James's mom is terrible. <laughs> but God, I, she? I have to say that, that one of the things I really liked about this show and actually what I really wanted more of. And this might also be because like this is where you have your this is where you have your Christina Hendricks. This is where you have your Amanda, your Amelia Bullmore. I really loved the older generation in the same way I felt that I really loved the older generation in the Gilded Age. And I thought that was a very interesting sort of contrast for me because I was not expecting that. Um, I sort of assumed that that was not that that was sort of like a, a, a Julian Fellow sort of like oddity. 
And so to, to have the same sort of sense with the Buccaneers that I really wanted more of the older generation that they, to me, were almost more interesting than their children was, I don't know, it kind of threw me. And I, I really liked that about the show. And I, I wanted more of them. I don't know. I just, I, I thought that was interesting. I am here to stand for Theo's mom. Oh, yeah. No, I can totally see that. Yeah. Who is basically my platonic ideal of an older <laughs> female character. <laughs> That's Amelia Bulmar, for the record, um, the Dowager Duchess. Um, I love her so much. Yeah. And I would watch a, like a prequel about her life. <laughs> Seriously, like I truly have to. I 100% agree with you. Like, honestly, I did love her. And 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 she is one of those people like she is definitely like one of those people that when they cast her, I was so excited. She's she's a she's the sister in Vienna Blood. I don't know if you if you know oh, this. I don't. Know. I, I, I know that. Um, she's OK. No, you know where you've seen her. You know where you've seen her. She's Eliza in Gentleman Jack. Um. Oh. Yeah, she's great. Dude, she's great. She's in Happy Valley. She was. I also really. I I love. Um. I love the Dowager kind of as. I don't know. Maybe I just secretly want to be like a Dowager Duchess or something. Dude, I do think you do. I think you want to grow up to be a Dowager Duchess, and I totally I respect do. that. I just want to be like, <laughs> like snippy to everyone and have them be forced to be nice to me. Um. I think she's a really interesting character in the sense that she's sort of kind of a middle ground of what I was talking about before like she fully understands like all the rules and things that come with being who she is and in the position that she is in and she tries to find she still finds herself in the middle of all of that and tries to find ways to kind of live her life on her own terms even though um the the tintagel always comes first mm. so I think I think she's a really interesting kind of I don't know, like role model for Nan a little bit. I think that's I think that's a really interesting relationship. And I think the contrast between her and uh Mrs. St. George is really interesting. Yeah. I, I would I absolutely agree with you. Um and of course I love Christina Hendricks and have since Mad Men. Um and she, I think she's a fascinating I, I think she's fascinating as Mrs. St. George. Um and honestly, like I don't like in the same way that I don't like Nan. I don't quite like her, but oh, I she's super cringe. But I also I don't know. I found her fascinating, and I want like again would love to know like would love flashbacks and like and 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 like a prequel it, it, about her, you know. Um, and that was I, I just I don't know I really so much of this show like there were things that I that I the things I liked I didn't get enough of and the things I didn't like I got too much of um I will say though that the soundtrack is freaking banging okay Talk listen about damning with faint praise I mean the soundtrack not, is banging though the soundtrack is bad I mean you have Brandy Carlisle yes you have Taylor Swift yes you have the yeah yeah yes you have like I just I mean there is just this is one of the it, there's a lot of places where I wanted this show to be able to compete with Buccaneers and I'm not sorry Buccaneers with Bridgerton and the Gilded Age because this is sort of Apple's version and it expects and listen okay Netflix has tons of money okay and 
HBO may not have tons and tons of money, but it's got money, all right? And it spends its money, all right? Apple TV has money, okay? I expected better dresses, and I was disappointed, okay? I expected more elaborate sets, and I was disappointed. One place I was not disappointed was the soundtrack, they spent money on the soundtrack. They got Brandy Carlisle. They got they they paid Taylor Swift money. Good. <laughs> okay, thank you. This is a really weird position for me to be in. I feel like I'm not normally the one in the chair that likes something more than Annie did, but No, no, it's true. Like I I well also I just want to point out this. And this is this is not your fault. This is just the way that that the, the television season has played out in the last couple of years. We've done a lot of things that are much more my wheelhouse than yours. And it's no, 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 it's just not in a way it's not fair. Like we do mysteries that I feel like it's a, there, there are times when I feel like I'm dragging you along because I'm making you watch mystery after mystery. That is 100% correct. And it's it's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. And like, finally, I'm like, oh, thank God. It's something Lazy likes that I just, oh, okay, fine. I guess I'll watch this. <sighs> and I mean, yeah, sure. Like, I watched it also because I reviewed it. And yeah, like, I get paid for it too. And it's fine. But also, like, you know, it's just, it's nice to have one where it's just kind of like, okay, cool, Lacey loves this one, and I can just, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But seriously, those dresses could have been, like, way better. Way better. Way um, better! Where are my bonnets? One thing I thought was interesting, <clears throat> and I wish the show had actually done more with, because I can't quite figure out, I think it's supposed to be a thing. But the show does not lean into it as much as I would have expected. And um, like there are a couple of lines about it, but not nearly so much. And that is the fact that Conchita is black. Oh, thank you for thank you for reminding me. This is actually something that Marnie also brought up in her review and was something that drove me nuts. I just I couldn't tell if it was meant to be colorblind or color conscious. And I I don't know where it ended. So. With Bridgerton, we are color conscious, okay? Whether or not... Ish. 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 Okay. Now, to be... Sorry, f- I'm just really... Like, it's... Uh, I'm okay. I will just never get over the fact that they're like, we're going to have South Asian actresses for the leads in season two, but we're not going to tell you anything about if the Empire still exists. Right. There are places where Bridger. Okay, Bridgerton is very clearly not fought all the way through, right? But at least it is doing something that it... Or at least it's trying to. All right. And it is color conscious. It's doing something even if it hasn't actually figured it all out. The Gilded Age, exactly the same thing. Okay. There is no colorblind casting here. It is doing something deliberately. It may not actually be doing it well. I mean, it's doing it poorly, but it's there. But it's there and it is trying. All right. Sanditon, it's not doing colorblind casting. It's doing color conscious casting. Now, are there way many things that it missed the boat on? Oh, yeah. I mean, almost all of them. But it's doing something, and it's trying. This show ain't even trying, okay? This show literally tried to do, oh, we don't see color. And I was just like, no. This is no. This is 2023. When the other shows are at least trying, you have to at least try. They may be failing, but at least they're trying. You're not Mm. even trying. I don't know. I would argue that some of the efforts are 
bad oh, and no. maybe she might not be there. I, I absolutely agree that that, that <laughs> I actually said this when we talked about the Gilded Age. As much as I enjoy the Peggy stuff mm-hmm. and think that's a really fascinating character that doesn't belong on that show. No, I um, I one hundred percent agree that none of these shows are actually succeeding. E Bridgerton is the closest and it is not well thought through. Okay? I one hundred percent agree with you. But you can't not try. You can't do I mean, colorblind question- casting and not try. And that's... Apple TV isn't even trying here. And that is embarrassing. Um, I am less head up about this than okay. she is. I just think it's a disservice to her character. I do too. Um, who I think is really interesting. And I really just don't... like Because to me, it explains a lot of uh, a lot of the way that her mother-in-law acts. But the show doesn't super address it, which I think is just very strange. Um, because I like Conchita. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I and I probably shouldn't just assume that she's she's probably mixed race. I think that's what I'm uh, the actress is mixed race. Not yes, that, not that she is a like a solely black character, but I don't know. It just feels really like because there's a vibe kind of that it's sort of like her lord husband is slumming it in America and and oops accidentally falls in love with her and then his family's pissed. Yeah, but I I don't know. That's something I wish they had done more of with because I actually think they do some really interesting things with Conchita because in a lot of stories like this, a lot like fairy tales. The story stops when people get married. Mm-hmm. And I think this show and this show is not just obsessed with showing the girls trying to find husbands. It's like, here is how you have to live after that happens. And I think that their marriage is is interesting. I think the relationship is very interesting because he seems like he's going to be a D-bag, but then he's not. Yeah. The, the show has a lot of really great setup there and it does nothing with it. And when conf- when it chooses to confront, it sidesteps without actually trying to do anything and basically says, oh, we don't see color. And that is no. That scene pissed me off so much. I think the show does a better job, and I can't actually go into this in super great detail because I don't think it's happened yet, but Jenny gets engaged at the end of um, the second or third episode. I, I think, think it's a, it's the second episode, I believe. Um, Jenny gets engaged, and obviously Jenny is going to get married, and I think the show does a much better job in sort of exploring the, the difficulties of marrying a stranger uh, who just happens to have money with her storyline. Um, I think it's I I, ugh, I hate what I have seen things and I can't talk about the things because I actually think as as uncomfortable as a lot of that is, it's actually really important. And and I don't think shows like this wrestle with stuff like that enough. You can't say whatever you're going to say because it's a spoiler. OK, what I OK, what I will say and I will say it as a <laughs> no, 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 this is not OK. I will not say it in detail. I will say it as a stepped back sort of thing that I feel very much that this that that Ginny's whole storyline is in encapsulates how much I feel that the show doesn't square its own circle because it very much wants to be modern and that this is a really great thing that it actually does want to wrestle with and it does want to talk about and that it sets itself up to talk about very well and that had it been willing to be less modern and to actually focus on what it set up, it would have been really great. And instead, we got this kind of uncomfortable halfway, which I disliked intensely. And that is also, to me, a part of the problem that I had with this show. I think part of the modernness here is that we're talking about it at all. I don't think this is the most shows like this. Let's be real. 
everybody gets married, there's a big party and they go off to their country house and they live their rich people lives and they whatever happens behind closed doors is what happens behind closed doors and that's just like how it goes because marriage sucks. Like I I don't know. I think it's I think it is important that the show tries to take it past that and because I feel like when you look at something like Bridgerton and I honestly like don't think it's super fair to compare these two shows. I've said it before like five minutes ago, I will say it again because I don't think they're apples to apples comparisons. But I do think that Bridgerton and Bridgerton, like every marriage, is happy. Oh yes, because no, 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 they're they're completely different source material. They're 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 completely different source material. Bridgerton is a modern are are modern books, okay? And Edith Wharton's books were written in the time period. So yes, you are one hundred percent correct in that. Bridgerton's modernism is baked in. I mean, and even happy marriages have like marital problems yes, i think it's absolutely. really interesting i think it's really important to be like you know it's like cinderella everybody gets married they go to their big party they have their glass slippers or whatever and then the curtain comes down and you never find out how these people live their lives together but you can't set up an abusive relationship and then basically spoilers no 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 you we know it's an abusive relationship even before the end of episode three okay that part is already spelled out for us that is not a spoiler okay but you cannot set up an abusive relationship in this time period and then apply modern sensibilities to what that means and still discuss it in this time, in what it means for this time period. Truly, I'm truly just at a at a loss as to why you thought the show was going to be a historical document. Because I, th- not because I thought it was going to be a historical document, but I think I thought it was going to be more true to the time period because Wharton was writing in that time period. And I thought that I I knew they were going to modernize. Watch the period drama before. <laughs> no, I knew that they were going to modernize some, but I thought that they were going to. I didn't think it would be quite this, and it really disappointed me. I I really I I didn't think it was going to be quite this. I didn't think they were going to take it quite in this direction, and I was really disappointed in it. Well, I'm curious to know what you wanted from this then. Um, like, did you just want like a like here is here is. I mean, I don't even particularly like the 1996 version that much, but like, did you really just want like masterpiece? No, I don't mean that as like no, I now. <laughs> I mean like old school masterpiece. No, I did not want old school masterpiece. What I wanted was a more what I wanted was a more serious and more true version of Bridgerton. That's what I wanted. Was something yeah, but where that's you not took what the story is. What I well no because the thing is Bridgerton is a, a modern modern is 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 modern fantasy romance. Edith Wharton's books are basically, it's it's sort of the Gilded Age. It's sort of like the Gilded Age, but not silly. Right? Edith Wharton's books, for people who don't know, are incredibly depressing. Yes, they are. And I did want this, I think I wanted this to be more depressing than it is. And I think I wanted this to be less, less trying so hard. And more willing to just be what it was. And I don't know, like, I'm not upset that they put Taylor Swift in here. That's fine. But I also, listen, people have abusive relationships. Make it real and make it understand that this woman, if, if a woman is going to marry a man who's going to beat the crap out of her, that is her life. Spoilers. 
and that that's a tragedy and that that's what marriage is and that she's his property and there's no out. I just don't know why you thought a show that has Taylor Swift in the trailer was going to do that for you. I've talked before on this show about like sometimes we need to do a little managing of our expectations when it comes to the shows we're watching. And I just like I don't. I guess I, I thought that Apple TV would be more willing. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you on. This was never going to be a show that was a serious show about like marital abuse. No, but I guess I just wanted. I thought that like, it, that is not the vibe. <laughs> I think it's I think it's honestly kind of brave they included at all. <sighs> I, I I think there's a version of this show that's just like everyone's rich and happy all the time. I think it's I think it's really important that they didn't do that. We haven't yeah. even talked about the dudes yet. No, we haven't even talked about the dudes yet. <laughs> that's because the dudes are really kind of an afterthought in this show. Although they are both like really attractive. Yeah. I mean, they're cute, but that's about it. Like, I honestly like the dudes. Don't bother. The, du- the, du- the dudes really don't register in a lot of ways, especially in these early, especially in the early going. Yeah. Yeah. I am a little team Theo. I like his weird, like, I have to pretend to be a commoner painting my art on the beach. Like, <laughs> or maybe I just want his mom to be my mom. I don't know. But um, I do think, I do think one of the show's interesting decisions and i don't know that we've seen it yet but although they do reveal that theo and guy are friends mm-hmm. in the third episode but i actually really think that the way their friendship is presented is also really interesting and unexpected like again in shows like this dudes don't talk to each other it's true <laughs> um they, that that is true that there's an actual like that, that that men are actually allowed to have friendship in this show is actually kind of inter- is 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 different i'll give you that but i i don't know i just did not expect this series to be quite so i don't know like it's like it was trying to be so modern because it was afraid that like if it that that, that if it tried to be more true to the period it would offend people and I think I, I think I wanted it to sort of be more honest about what the period was. I don't um, know. I don't. I don't know. For all that you've been defending the Bridgerton and the Gilded Age, I don't know that I think either of those shows are any more honest about the age they're set in either. No, but they also know that they're silly. Mm, I don't think the Gilded Age does not know that it is silly. The Gilded Age knows. It does not know that. <laughs> the Gilded Age knows absolutely does not know it's silly. <laughs> it really thinks the the it, the funny thing about the Gilded Age, and I think I said this when we did an episode on it, is that the Gilded Age is a lot like the Morning Show in the set, which is another Apple TV series that is just bonkers and nuts. Man, the Morning Show. I love the Morning Show. I just it's because it thinks it's like a really serious big deal, and it's honestly just like an incredible soap, but it doesn't think. It doesn't think it should be a soap. It thinks it should be a prestige drama. And that is exactly what's going on with the Gilded Age. It does not know that it is not serious. <laughs> Apple TV's first four shows, um, The Morning Show, C, Dickinson, and For All Mankind, were such an indictment of our industry because they were literally like, dude, take- dude, I will ha- we will have no For All Mankind slandered on this podcast. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Because what they were is they were... They were take a bunch of normies and ask them what they think prestige TV should look like. And this is what you get. The fact that For All Mankind and Dickinson were actually really good was a complete accident. We'll have no Dickinson slander on this podcast and there will be no For All Mankind slander. 
I love Dickinson, and I, I, I oh, oh no, when those four mankind screeners showed up in my inbox, I watched them like. Yeah, for all mankind is incredible. Season oh four just started. God. Like, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. You it's should fantastic. watch all seasons. Get yourself through season one. If it drags for you, you'll you'll thank yourself because once you hit season two, it gets so good. It gets so good. Um, I don't know. I really respect Apple for being like also. I really respect Apple and Baby just because they have a lot of money for letting shows be what they want to be. Mm-hmm. I don't really get a feeling with either the, either with the Buccaneers or or with any other show on their platform really i don't feel like the heavy hand of the guy with money no that's true i will absolutely agree with that and i feel like they're very allowed to have their own identities which i enjoy i just happen to enjoy the buccaneers identity more than andy does apparently um (laughs) i will say that part of that is also that apple tv plus was basically had a blessing in disguise happen which is that david zaslov bought um, the Warner Media and everyone ran out of HBO screaming and Apple TV said, hey, we have money. And they all ran screaming right into Apple TV's coffers. And so they basically had a massive influx of really great talent after their first year. So that's why there's no like heavy hand of anyone because they've had this huge group of people just come in. So there was never a chance for that to happen. And I think that that's also, like, part of why you get that. But also, I just think, like, honestly, like, they don't have, there's no, Apple TV Plus as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a production studio is not their main business. It's a loss leader for hardware, right? Like, it's a bonus, Right. Like they don't their job is to sell. They they sell hardware and you just happen to get some really great shows on the side. And so they can afford to just kind of like make whatever they feel like and let people go. Oh, wait, I forgot the one thing. I forgot one thing I really wanted to make sure I brought up about Buccaneers. Oh, because I think it's really interesting. Um, The entire creative team is female. Oh, yes, that is. And you know what? And that actually was the thing that made me maddest about this because I wanted to love it because the entire creative team is the female. The entire creative team is female. And I really think that you can tell in a lot of ways. You can? I don't think that, I don't think that a lot of this show would have happened if a man were making it. Absolutely. And actually, it's part of the reason why I think I'm also really mad at this show because I wanted to love it so much. I lo- don't listen to her. Um, whose opinion do you trust on this? Mine or hers? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect. It is a little, like, it's kind of extra in a lot of places, and Nan is often very annoying. But I think Nan is very annoying in the same way that a lot of young women are allowed to be annoying on non-period drama shows and no one says anything. Um, I don't think just because she has, like, a fancy dress on that that means she's suddenly a grown-up. And I love that these these girls are, are allowed to... I love how youthful this show feels, and I love how... The girls are allowed to be girls. Like, if you look at, oh, I don't know. I guess everybody in Downton Abbey is kind of older by the time the show happens. But, yep. like, if you look at the girls on the Gilded Age, none of them are having any fun. Like, yeah. I, I think it's really, like, I think it's nice that the show is useful and fun and loud. And I think that there is a place for that in the genre. I think the genre could use a little bit more loud and fun. I'm glad that you liked it, and I'm glad that we actually managed to do a couple of episodes. I'm always wh- sorry that we're that we're doing an episode and on at the beginning. I almost suggested we 
move it because I really want to talk about the ending, but I can't. Well, no, 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 because we are going to return to this in 2024 when we do a classic revisited on the original. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I can talk about the ending then because I yeah. think it's just there's just some there's some choices and I kind of love them. So, yeah. um, so we are going to come back to this because it's so rare that I actually get to do some episodes where I don't have to drag Lacey kicking and screaming. Um, yeah, and I haven't watched the real Buccaneers in a long time, so that's on the calendar for the for the beginning of 2024 and uh, maybe i'll get to talk about the ending then but if you have thoughts on the buccaneers and you want to share them with me you can email us at televisions at weti.org and i'm happy to flail or argue with you depending on what your perspective is (laughs) um Okay, that's our episode. So, Annie, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle, um, basically on social media around the web. Um, you can find me um, at Televisions, where I am the associate editor. You can also find me writing around the web about things like, oh, Marvel and the Buccaneers and the Gilded Age and, oh, the Crown. Let's not forget the Crown, um, which, yeah. We're um, all very annoyed that they're splitting it into two parts just know that you're not alone in this oh my god we're so annoyed um oh and 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 yeah um, um when you finish watching the crown do yourself a favor go watch the queen which we just did a classic revisited on and that was a very smart thing of us to do because holy crap when you watch the crown you will want to watch the queen anyway um what else did i want to say i don't know just i don't know if you want to know what i wrote about this week just come google me and find me and 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 yeah huzzah um I am Lacey MB on pretty much all social media, including Twitter, Blue Sky. I'm trying to see if I like threads again, which I don't think nope. I do, but I'm attempting it. Um, just because I I don't know. I miss I miss text-based social media. And one of these has got to stick, right? Eventually. Uh, <laughs> if you just want the site and the pod, we are on social media at tele underscore visions on Twitter and televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. If you like what we do, visit us at televisions.org and uh, I don't know, read more of the stuff that we're writing every day about a variety of things uh, i have such a backlog of like longer things that i i want to opine on and i just haven't had the time to do it so fingers crossed uh that i will get there at some point uh we also have a big old donate button up top if you would like to help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears and perhaps even get access to pbs passport which has all manner of early and exclusive binge opportunities. You can finish the latest seasons of Annika and World on Fire and Hotel Portofino before they air. And I'm pretty sure we've got the last season of Doc Martin now for those of you who just cannot let go of Port Wynn. Um, That is our episode. Thank you as always for listening. Congrats again to the actors and the writers for their successful, you know, labor negotiations. I can't wait to get back to normal in the entertainment industry Uh, for the rest of you. Welcome to November. It's like 80 here today. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Also, I hate the time change, if only because it is making my cats miserable, who are thereby making me miserable. Um, get your flu shots, get your COVID boosters, get whatever other fancy vaccines your local pharmacy is offering that will help boost you up for the coming winter, which apparently in the D.C. area is supposed to be quite snowy, according to the initial prediction. I'm kind of feeling it. And... I don't know. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We're all we've got. Do something nice for a stranger. It'll make you feel better. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.